Happy Monday party, people. It's Miss Laureen with Black versus the Board of Education. And we are talking about reparations. What is reparative justice and why that is important? But you know, before we get any conversation started, you have to know who's in the building. So I will bring my co-host on screen right now. Miss Melissa, if you wouldn't mind starting the party off right, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Melissa. I'm 15 years old and I am located in Southern California. Well, welcome, welcome, Miss Jada. Hey y'all, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool now senior and I'm so glad to be back. Awesome, welcome back, Miss Adia. Hey everyone, my name is Adia and I'm an incoming senior in the Sacramento area. Oh, all y'all getting Oh, What is going on? My goodness. Well, we have a couple of fresh faces in the building today. Uh, Mr. Jalen, go ahead and introduce, reintroduce yourself. You've been here before, but let the folks know who you are and get yourself off mute. Yeah, so <laughs> my name is Jalen Scott, and I, uh, I'm i a college student at San Francisco State University right now in the Sacramento area. Awesome. Okay. And last but not least, uh, a, a definite fresh face for us. Uh, Mr. DJ, go ahead and introduce yourself, Lovebug. What's up, y'all? I'm DJ. I go to a school in the Elk Grove area. What grade are you in? I am an incoming senior. Come on, seniors. All right, class of 2023. Let's go. Well, I'm so glad you guys are here because, like I said, we are going to be talking about reparations. Um, and for some folks, you know, it's one of those hot button topics. They think that it's a handout, but we know better. And to help us to explain it to the people and to take some of your questions today, we have some very, very important people in the building. Um, if we could go ahead and add our special guests for the day, we have Dr. Camila Moore, who is the chair of the California Reparations Task Force, which is really big because a lot of people don't have access to her. And then also we have Mr. Lodgson, who they are going to introduce themselves, uh, but me and Chris go way back. So let me start with Dr. Moore. Go ahead and say hey to the people. Hi, everybody. So glad to be here. Sorry, my camera's off. I have COVID. Um, maybe I'll try to work myself up in, in terms of energy to turn the camera back on. Um, but I'm just super happy to be here anytime around in conversation with Black youth. You know, it's gonna, I know it's going to be guaranteed an amazing conversation. So thanks again for inviting me. And yeah. Of course, we, we are so glad that you even popped on uh, because we know that when you have when you're not feeling well, it's it's extra to ask you to do extra. So thank you so much for even popping on. And Mr. Lodgson, please let the people know who you are. What's up? What's up? What's going on? I saw a bunch of y'all. Didn't I see a bunch of y'all the other day at the other night at the at the soiree? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I think I saw a bunch of y'all there looking all good and and in your in your in your great energy and your in your great glory. Chris Larson. I'm here in Sacramento right now, and I am one of the lead organizers for a group called the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, or CJEC. And I'm just a regular dude just like everybody else uh, who decided to get involved for reparations here in the state of California. So part of what I do now is work on reparations and make sure that we get reparations first here in the state of California and then across the country. Awesome. So I know that my students have been doing a lot of research. So if you could, um, and I'm going to go to Melissa first, Tell me what your understanding of reparations is. What is your understanding? Melissa. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, my understanding of reparations, I did a little research on this, is when I was researching like the dictionary definition of reparations because some people get it mixed up. And when you hear reparations, they kind of 
think negatively about it when you think about the history of America. So it's the making amends for a wrong that one has done by paying money or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. So that is kind of the def that's the dictionary definition. And I really think that that talks to the history of America and what has happened here and why it's important. All right. So DJ, why are reparations important to you? It's important to me because of over the time of slavery, how torturous it was for black for black people. It means that if you're not willing to pay us back for how badly and how terrible you treated us, then what means do we have to trust you? Mm, okay. Jada, reparations, talk to me. Um, my level of understanding of reparations is basically the government or like someone of high authority kind of paying us, our, the ADOS, the American descendants of slaves, for the work that was never paid for because free labor and slavery and all that. And um, when I think about reparations, um, I feel as though it's, it, it is important. I think it hasn't been something that has been of importance to me until now because, you know, I'm still learning about this kind of stuff. But um, I would say when I think of reparations, I think of just being appreciative of what we've done for y'all and kind of not always pushing us to the side showing mm -hmm. some appreciation, some care, because time and time again, this country has shown their discare for us, the way that they treat us, whether it be police brutality, whether it be how we get jobs, whether it be just basic stuff that we have to experience as black people. And it's kind of just paying us a debt that you owe. And for you to feel as if you don't owe anything, it's kind of just like, are you crazy? Like, in a way, you just want to just use us and then push us aside, like you've done what you're supposed to do. Like, that is inconsiderate very inconsiderate mm. actually very hurtful wow adia tell us your your uh, understanding of reparations all right i gotta follow that one um no. <laughs> <laughs> no um but really i think reparations is this compensation um to not only admit the wrongs that obviously were done in history and that are still being done today but also um acknowledge that it was it, we're starting an unlevel playing field and could try to help level the playing field in a sense. Um, but mm -hmm. I do, one thing I think is really important as we talk about reparations is the form of reparations, right? Because reparations can be seen, you know, in land and just like straight cash, um, you know, in a lot of different ways. So I think it's important that we acknowledge how reparations can benefit us as a community, but also be our downfall in a sense, um, and making mm. sure that we're reinvesting in our communities and um, using it for a good purpose and actual to level that playing field. So also having the responsibility within ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm. Okay. Jalen, I know you've really been researching because you keep yeah. telling me about everything you're reading. Yeah. So tell, talk to me, talk to me. Well, what are we talking about? I was, I was looking up some, some different things for reparations. And this, this quote really, really stood out to me. It said, in 1860, over $3 billion was the assigned value to the physical bodies of enslaved Black Americans to be used as free labor and production. This was more money mm -hmm. than was invested in factories and railroads combined. Wow. So just to put that into perspective, like, we're doing all this free labor that costs more than thing than railroads and factories is crazy. And then they don't get in, they don't get to reap any of the benefits of it. So mm. it's just crazy to me to think about stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, since we have the folks that are, so initially when I started learning about ADOS, American descendants of slavery, I didn't really, I didn't really have a, an understanding of why we saw things the way that we did in terms of flat blackness. I thought that all black people were the same. I thought that we had all the same upbringing. We had the same issues. It never occurred to me that some black people had not experienced slavery here in the United States, that form of chattel slavery. Um, and in my understanding or in my uh, quest for knowledge, that's where I met Mr. Lodgson. And we uh, started hanging out at his house uh, and he started holding meetings and making sure we got a ground level um, understanding of what it was, the impact it could have in our communities. So Chris, I'm gonna go to you. Uh, what is your 
understanding of reparations and why it is important. Yeah, thank you for that. And I think everybody here said what I was thinking. Oh, uh, y'all come on, even, young people. Y'all don't even need me here no more. Y'all don't need me. <laughs> yeah, this would be like the 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 Youth Reparations Commission right here. Right here. This don't would be play. the statewide youth. I mean, everything you said is everything I was thinking. Making amends, paying the debt. I mean, every 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 single thing. Jalen, I think you were you were a hundred percent absolutely right with the with the why and also Jada too the amount of free labor free labor hundreds of years of free labor hundreds yeah. of years and yes right here in the state of California too sometimes we talk about slavery as if it was a something that happened in the south something that happened in you know in you know Georgia or you know Alabama or Mississippi or you know you know Louisiana or Texas there was slavery going on right here in California. Yes, right pause, here. In pause, California. pause, yep. pause. Did y'all know that slavery was happening here in California? Yes or no? Wow. So you got, wow. You got two no. no's and three yeses. That's why we're here. Okay. That's okay. why that's why we're here to to today. And that's why the state of California to set up its first in the nation reparations commission the state of california is the first state in the country to create a reparations commission because california knows that california has slavery even when i'm sitting right now i'm right here in sacramento some of y'all up here in sacramento too in the in the sacramento area right here where we sitting right now there was our ancestors who were enslaved here in this same county right up here in the county of Sacramento and nearby working in the gold mines. Some of our people came here free and they were enslaved here. Some of, some of our people were enslaved and then brought here enslaved. Sla slavery happened right here in the state of California and, and not just slavery, but what came next, which was the Jim Crow, right? The black codes, the KKK, something that we don't, we don't know a lot about, but, but, but we are learning now because the California Reparations Commission just put out a report just in the last two or three weeks. Did y'all know that in the 1920s, the KKK held more meetings here in the state of California than it did in Louisiana and Mississippi combined? Mm. Right here in the state of California in the 1920s, the KKK was holding more meetings here in California than it did in Louisiana and Mississippi combined. So it's slavery, and then it's the stuff that came after slavery, and that's why reparations are needed or do, and that's why we're going to get all reparations. Now, when you say, now, now, I just have to put that out there, or put this out there, because I think it's very, very important, because people seem to have a one-sided view of what reparations are. They tend to refer to it as a handout. But when you say it was slavery and everything that came afterwards, what is he talking about? DJ, give me one. What is he talking about? What came after slavery? Give me one. Jim Crow rolls, um, mostly segregating black people. Okay. Melissa, give me one. Um, redlining. Okay. Jada. Black codes. Ooh, come on, y'all. Adia, give me something. Mass incarceration. <laughs> All right, uh, Jalen, give me something. Discrimination. Uh, is that what you was talking about, Chris? Is, uh, did they get Ooh, it? That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Everything, everything, and all of that. And then there's the stuff that's going on now. So there's the stuff that's going on now that we also are connected to with what the stuff that happened before and to our ancestors. And you know, I think the chair is probably gonna say this. So I'm a I'm a I'm gonna speak on it a little bit, but y'all talked about the forms of reparation. I think it was Jada or someone who says no, said there's, there's different forms. Right, right. So pardon me, um um Adia, there's different forms of, of reparations. So the California Reparations Commission, which is nine people, nine people on the California Rep Reparations Commission, one of them is here to the left or to the right of me right now. And the the reparations commission says, I right, well, we have to create reparations here in the state of California that match five forms of reparations. So there's five general forms of reparations. Y'all ready? One, compensation, money, two, 
restitution. We could talk about what, what that means. Three, satisfaction. Ooh. Four, rehabilitation. And five, guarantees of non-repetition. So there's compensation, restitution, rehabilitation, satisfaction, and guarantees of non-repetition. Those are five generally accepted forms of reparations. If you go anywhere around, around the world and see reparations happening, it's going to be happening in those five forms. Okay, I'm I'm trying to type them as you speak. So you said, <laughs> so you said compensation, restitution, rehabilitation, satisfaction, and the last one. Guarantees of non-repetition, guaranteeing that you don't repeat it no more. And so, a lot of times, um, uh, when people talk about uh, reparations, and they say that California established a commission, right? The thing is, it's a commission to study, right? And that seems to be a really sticking point, studying. So can you talk to us, chair, uh, Chairwoman, why we're studying something that we know happened? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the, the reparations task force is not only a commission to study, um, it's a commission to study and develop reparations proposals. But I think to your point, the California Reparations Task Force is a legislative advisory body. So what that means is while we have the power to request document production or uh, we have the subpoena power to subpoena certain documents or certain people to come and testify before the task force, we don't have enforcement powers per se. So what that means is that, again, we're a legislative advisory body. We are advising the legislature on the types of proposals that they should enact in the realm of repertory justice, but we don't have the enforcement power to actually enforce our proposals into law. So mm. um, this past year is what I've been characterizing as the study phase where we've invited people to provide public comment, where we've invited particular people to provide personal and expert testimony on you know, a wide range of topics chronologically starting with, you know, America's original sin, which is, you know, the, the transatlantic slave trade and the institution of slavery. Um, and then we've studied other contemporary harms or atrocities against the African-American community um, that characterize the afterlife of, of slavery in this country. Um, but again, in this past year, it's been the study phase and that study phase has been memorialized in this 500 page interim report that we just released um, at the top of this month. So this next year is what I call the development stage. So we're actually past the study phase where to your point, look, we all know what this country has done to the African-American population since 1619, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I guess for the purposes of the commission, you know, we just found it, it's important and it was in our mandate to actually study those atrocities. Um, and it's again, memorialized in this 500 page report. Um, it, this 500 page report you can look at is just, it documents the copious amounts of evidence mm. that substantiates a claim for reparations uh, for the African American community, and that 500 page will be 500 page report will be used in this next year in this development phase um, amongst the nine member task force. You know that this next year we're going to have substantive conversations as a nine member task force about okay, what does reparations actually look like in mm -hmm. light of the evidence that we've collected, um, and that's where those five forms of reparations or the right to remedy and reparation under international law that um, Chris mentioned, that's when that becomes more relevant in okay. terms of our deliberations as a task force. And so a lot of times uh, in, the, in the conversations that I've been seeing happen on social media, um, there has been a lot of questions about who is eligible for reparations. Um, so I, I you said there were nine members, so that means the vote was five to four for you all to develop reparations based on lineage. Chris, why is that important? 
Oh, it's so important. <laughs> that was probably the biggest, most important thing that the commission did next to releasing the report. By the way, the report's 500 pages. I, I always say this. I don't want to make my teachers look bad. I haven't read anything 500 pages long. I don't remember ever, maybe. So uh, I'm actually, but I'm actually doing an online reading of the of the report chapter by chapter on Twitter spaces. Actually, it's every Monday or so at 7 p.m. I'm actually going to read chapter two, finish reading chapter two tonight on Twitter spaces on my Twitter page. So if you want to get read too, join me on my Twitter spaces, join me on my Twitter page. And we're going to read chapter by chapter every single week until we're done, until we read 500 pages. Okay. So well, why was the, the, the decision about who is eligible for reparations in California important? Why? Well, it was important because you really can't do the developing the reparations plan and you really can't figure out how much reparation is going to cost. And you really can't do anything in real life if you don't know who you're doing it for. So mm. if you don't know who you're doing it for, you really can't do anything. And let me say what the commission actually said. Let me say what they actually decided. The commission decided that those of us who are descendants of U.S. of, of persons who were enslaved in the United States by the United States, those of us who whose ancestors built this country, those of us whose ancestors worked for free for 250 something plus years, those of us whose ancestors were then freed with nothing but the KKK and the Jim Crow and the black codes and everything everybody else here said, those are us. That's that's us. So those are the black folks here in the state of California who, who will be eligible for reparations. And that's what the commission said. And that's what the commission voted on in March. And you're right. It was a five to four vote. Why in was March it so close? Why was it so oh, that's close? A, that's a, a great a, a great question. So there were so well there were people on the commission or, or task force who thought that that the the reparations should should be for anyone who calls themselves black or anyone with dark skin basically. And we were saying no, like like no, our ancestors actually are owed a specific debt. Our ancestors built this country. Our ancestors were the ones who were brought here in chains. And not by not by choice and by force. It was our ancestors who 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 went through that, and we are their children. And so and and so that's who's eligible, and that's who should be eligible for reparations. Also, the author of the bill for reparation or for the reparations commission, the current Secretary of State, Dr. Shirley Weber, who used to be in the state assembly, who wrote the actual reparations commission bill came to the commission in January and said, hey, I want reparations and I wrote this bill and I wrote this and, and I made this for my ancestors and, and for the and, and for the people who built this country specifically, not for anyone and everyone who may call themselves black. And so mm -hmm. there were and there were people on the on the commission who had a, a different understanding and a different idea. But in the end, the ancestry and lineage eligibility was the was the decision and the commission is now going forward to put that into actual practice so so that that's 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 general generally speaking why the other people you know wanted some some something different but you know um people are entitled to their opinion but not to their own facts mm -hmm. and the facts are we are the people who built this country and that's who reparations is for Okay. DJ, do you agree that that's what it should be for paying? Very, Go ahead. Yeah, very, very much so. It's only, I feel like it, there's a lineage of where how reparations can get mixed up into people who have different skin color because of people who have just had kids with other black people. But I feel like it should really go off of how much have you struggled off that because you haven't been paid your reparations for working for for working for so much for free mm -hmm. melissa do, uh, do you agree i do agree because if you're giving it to everyone who is black then what about the people who whose ancestors did go through that chattel slavery here in america if you're giving it just to everybody what about those people that actually deserve it reparations are making amends for the wrongs that have been done but if you're just giving it to everybody and then the people who step forward later who are going through their family tree and realize that, you know, they did come from chattel slavery in America, and then there's nothing left over for them. They're being deprived 
of that same right that was stripped away from them and from their from their ancestors hundreds of years ago and that wouldn't be fair mm. jada do you think do you agree with melissa or do you have a different take on it no i agree i agree with melissa 100 um I was actually thinking that. I was also thinking of future generations. Does, so I was thinking, so does reparation mean for the people who are right now walking on this planet saying, hey, where is the debt that you owe us? Or is it like continual payment hmm. for our future generations and the generations after that, et cetera, et cetera? That's, that's a great question. Uh, let's, uh, who, where can we put that? Uh, Dr. Moore. I was getting ready to jump in. Oh, just, uh, Dr. Moore, jump in. In. oh I was ready. <laughs> okay, well, well, come on, because we'll give uh, Dr. Moore the, the floor next. But yes. Yeah, Jada, I like how you, first of all, Melissa, you're absolutely right. DJ, you're absolutely right. And Jada, I, 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 I like how you're thinking. I, I like how you're thinking so much. Here's why. I agree with you. And this is what the commission has to do over the next year. So Chair Moore said it perfectly. The first year of the commission's work, by the way, the commission by law has two years, not four, two years to do its work. So two years. So two years from the day that it started meeting. So it started meeting in June of 2021. That means it has one, two years. So June of 2023 to do all of its work. In the mm -hmm. first year, as the chair said, it was the study year. It was the investigate year. It was to put the evidence together year. It was to hear from the experts and hear from the public year and put it all together and then put it out in this first re report. The second year is, okay, what do we actually do? What are the reparations? What is the plan? What is the reparations plan? And what I want to see in the plan is exactly what you said, Jada, is, yeah, I want, I want to get it, but I want... For, and also, I want my elders to get it, too. I want my parents to get it, too. But I also want my son to get it. And 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 if I have a daughter, my daughter, my daughter to get it. And their kids to get it. And their kids to get it, too. I want it to be generational. So I'm expecting that the Reparations Commission will put in the plan something that's multi-generational. That mm -hmm. is for you, for you, Jada, and then for your kids, if you decide to have kids. And... For your kids, Jalen, and for your kids, DJ, and Adia, and Melissa, and and all of our kids. That's what I expect to see in the plan. Mm. Didi, I, I was, I'm coming to you. Oh. So do you think it should be a multi-generational approach? Do you agree with that assessment? I definitely agree with that because I feel like no matter how many generations you are, because of how traumatic and long slavery was and how many effects it's had in our society, that um, it can't just be like one generation or a couple generations. Like you got to keep going and that's the debt you got to pay. But I actually kind of had another question, if that's OK. Um, it's kind of like a long, OK. So it's kind of like a long winded question. So just bear with <laughs> me here. Um, but I was recently talking to my mom about um, I believe it was this past month, actually, like there was something with the California Senate and they rejected like, I believe it was a bill to like outlaw involuntary servitude. And oh. this would like, you know, obviously affect how our like the American prison system is run because that is just involuntary servitude in and of itself. Um, so I guess something this is something I often think about with reparations, because I feel like for America or the government or whoever it may be right to give reparations, they would have to say, like, first and foremost, the simplest thing would be slavery is wrong. Right. And although like all of us are probably like, yeah, like, duh. But I feel like for them to say slavery was wrong, they would have to stop it now. Right. Because slavery is still going on. We can't just act as if like you know, slavery ended in 1865. And you know, that's it slavery is still going on. So I think something that I always get, you know, tricky, I guess is kind of tricky is just like, would reparations also go to the people who've been in the mass incarceration system since slavery mm -hmm. ended? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like it's always a tricky thing, because for the US or California, or whoever to give slavery reparations, they would first have to end slavery. And then, mm -hmm. you know, give reparations to those people. Um, so I guess that's just something I was like curious about. So I guess my question kind of is like, how do you think that would work? Because I feel like it's very hypocritical for our government to be like, hey, here's reparations, but you know, like we're still gonna continue slavery, like just, you know, don't talk about it type thing. Um, 
So yeah, and I'm and I'm smiling because I know Chris is actually <laughs> working with on, right on, on that <laughs> on that bill. Um, so yeah. you heard oh. the question. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah, if I could, uh, oh, I did. I was hard. Oh, that was hard. That was a bar. <laughs> oh, you said it. Oh, you said it right. How are you gonna give slave reparations, but you got still got slavery going on? That's I mean that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. And that, and so you, what you're talking about is something called ACA3. ACA3, Assembly Constitutional Amendment 3. That is a bill that right now is in the California Senate right now that would end slavery currently, right now. So, right now, maybe y'all don't know this, but right now, you can be enslaved here in the state of California. If you punish for a crime, if you get punished for a crime, meaning if you get locked up, you can be enslaved. And that is still right now to this day in our state constitution. Right now in our state constitution, you can be enslaved if you are punished for a crime. It says slavery is prohibited and voluntary servitude is prohibited, comma, except as punishment for a crime that's literally what, what it a, says what amendment hold on real quick what amendment what? is that that is, is a, no 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 not you them oh pardon what me, pardon amendment me. is that the 13th right wrong 13th there, it is. Was, there it is perfect right on the and that so not only is that in our state constitution article one section six or something like that it's also in our federal constitution our national constitution in just what jada said the 13th Amendment, meaning you can still be enslaved if you are punished for a crime. And absolutely right, Adia. Right now, I have been very fortunate to work with someone who was enslaved in the state of California prisons, a brother named Samuel Nathaniel Brown. Samuel Brown, don't forget that name. Samuel Brown. Samuel Brown was in prison. He 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 spent 24 years in prison. He'd just been out for about 190, 200 days. And Samuel Brown was being forced to work in prison. He was a, a janitor in the cells. And they told him, if you don't go to work, even though you sick and there's COVID going around, we don't care. If you don't go and go in there and clean up this cell, guess what? When you go to the parole board and, and when they try to let you out, we're going to say you can't leave. You got to get another extra 15 years because you didn't want to go to work one day. One day you have to stay in here another 15 years. Good. And Samuel Brown said, I got to do something about that. So he talked to his wife and then she helped him write what is now called ACA3. He, he wrote it while he was in prison. And this bill will end current slavery in the state of California. And the Reparations Commission actually in this 500 page report says, hey, California, y'all might wanna get rid of slavery right now and pass ACA3. And you're absolutely right, Adia. Unfortunately, the California Senate on Thursday or Friday, last Thursday or Friday, when ACA3 came up for a decision and for a vote, the, the California Senate said no said no we don't we don't want to do this right now and so didn't did he give didn't the the department of finance give testimony that said it the, would have yes. a, a financial impact yes, it was they, they said it was slavery? it was gonna cost too much it was it was it was gonna cost too much i mean that sounds like something they were saying about us right it's gonna call y'all if that's why they never that. let us out <laughs> right right that's that's why they have the exception in there in the first place the, yeah it's it's gonna cost too much or i don't understand what this would do and so the senate on friday or thursday said no and then the bill is is supposed to come back up this week actually we thought it was gonna come back up to today i was actually waiting right before i came on here i was watching the senate hearings to today because i was expecting it to come back up and see if they would pass it but mm -hmm. it didn't come up today we expected to come up on wednesday so we'll see if California is really serious about actually ending slavery, and then we can see if they're serious about reparations. Okay. You, well, I know Jada was trying to jump in here. Uh, Jada, you were coming off of mute, and then I want to go to Jalen, and then I want to talk about the, pro the process of a bill becoming law. So go ahead, Jada. 
Oh, I just wanted to say like the the same Thirteenth Amendment that has an exception for slavery as or as free labor with as used for a punishment is the same amendment that they like to praise in history class and say Abraham Lincoln freed all the slaves and he ended slavery. Are you reading? I we're reading the same amendment, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Y'all are on it, uh, Jalen. Talk to me about, do you think they're serious about ending slavery if they're voting against bills on the floor? They're not. They're not serious about ending slavery. I, I was just having this conversation, I want to say two days ago, I think with my mom, and I was like, slavery is still in the prison system. My, Because I have a, my dad works in the prison system. I mean, yeah, he works. He was a correctional officer for 10 plus years. So he would tell me like some of the stories that he would see is just like, just, he was like, that's somewhere that you never want to go at all. But I was also, while I was doing my research for this, I was seeing that it said Black Americans are the only group that has not received reparations for state-sanctioned uh, racial discrimination while slavery afforded some white families the ability to accrue tremendous wealth. Mm. So that makes you really sit there and think about how, back to the first part, uh, the first question was, um, what was the first question that we had asked? It was something about the... Um, I was saying the lineage, the lineage question. Yes. Were you lineage. in agreement with the lineage question? Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I agree 100% because you cannot put somebody on the same tier as somebody, because if they're going to put all black people on the same tier, somebody who has just came to America and just got their citizenship and they're the first generation in America of like, say that, let's say they came from Nigeria. They are considered, they would, if we put them all in the same playing field as black, they they did not have the grandparent or the the lineage that built this country and to give them the money that our ancestors basically worked for and made these white people so much money uh through slavery and some of these people some of these lineage factors are still in poverty from the uh from when they were in slavery is like that doesn't sound that does doesn't make sense to me like you have these white people from slavery that still have the same amount of wealth from slavery, more wealth passed down from each generation. And then you still have some uh, some of our some of our ancestors that were poor and in slavery. And now they're still in uh, some of them now are still in poverty and can't get out and can't have they don't have a way out because of the start that they were given in this country. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Adia. I also want to go back to like the first thing you said, like how it's also important to acknowledge how like white people really got rich off of slavery. So I think it also begs the question of like, you know, like if we really want to like be like slavery never happened, right? Okay, should part of reparations come from those families, those families who literally <laughs> enslaved? Like if you think about it, like I mean, and I also I mean, think I think I think that's more like restitution. Is that what you're talking about? Some restitution. I mean, I don't know. And I also think people often try to like talk about not having reparations, like, oh, it'll bankrupt the country or oh, this, oh, that. And I'm also like, we got so many billionaires, tax them, first of all. You can, you know, tax those families. You can, or you can take it out of our military budget. We can stop bombing countries for no reason. D, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was like, how y'all gonna talk about, oh, this is gonna make the country go bankrupt if we too busy trying to pay everybody? Y'all sitting on generational wealth. What are you talking about? Y'all got plenty. Go ahead and go. You can share. You can share some. Sharing is caring. The heck? <laughs> Melissa. I was gonna add to that. I saw something when I was researching and it said, like, a common quote when people are talking about reparations, people, when they counter it, say, nobody alive today was involved in slavery, which one is not true as we're talking about. And two, a, someone else countered that and said, no one has a problem with receiving any inheritance and therefore money that they weren't alive to make. So we're, the, we understand the concept of generational wealth, but somehow generational trauma and poverty aren't real. So I just thought I would add that because I think it, it fits perfectly. Like everyone is okay, you know, when your great grandpa dies, you get all this money. But then when our ancestors who were, who went through chattel slavery didn't get paid anything, so why should we not get that money? Make no sense. It's a double standard. What'd you say, Jada? I was just like, let them know. Like, dang, <laughs> bro. Like, 
that was deep, Melissa. I gotta give you that. That was deep. Oh D- my god. DJ, come on. So going back to how generations built off of this, I watched so Donald Glover, the man who made the music video This Is America, has a show called Atlanta. And season three, he has episodes that literally cover all of this. And I was watching it and they they even say that families that families who owe or were big slave owners should actually pay tax in their taxes back to those black families. I feel mm. like that's absolutely true because it makes more sense that the people who did those crimes and did all this torture stuff to us should be the ones to pay us back. Not just a generation of everyone, but the ones who actually did it. But even so, that's still hard because they don't want to tell us who did it. Mm. Um, and, and I think that what's so interesting about your, your points that you're making, um, y'all seem to want accountability. And it seems like accountability has uh, like skipped several generations. You know, nobody wants to be held accountable for what somebody else did, but they want to live off the money that was inherited from the people who did this. And I think another interesting thing is when we look at the laws and the policies that have been put into place, it's been to protect that wealth. And you have other things that were supposed to be, um, you know, leveling the playing field and and just... um, you know, affirmative action. And for some reason, white women became the sole, you know, the biggest beneficiaries of that. But if you read the book, they were her property. You would see she was complicit in a lot of the things that were happening. And so I don't want to leave chairwoman Moore out, but when you're hearing these young people talk, first of all, y'all are killing it. I just have to let you know. Um, (laughs) How can we get them more involved in what it is that you guys have going on? Because their level of understanding is right up there. Um, And they, Mm -hmm. they are making such eloquent, you know, uh, points. How can we get them involved, more involved in the conversation to kind of explain this, not only to adults, but to their peers? (laughs) I'll let Chris answer that, but that's, that's been just going through my mind as I've been listening to this conversation. Um, just the capacity of these these young folks is just far exceeds some of the <laughs> conversations that I've had with adults older than me. Um, so I've been thinking about um, during this conversation ways to get Black youth more involved. If Chris wants to speak more to that, it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm just going to agree with you, Chad. Uh, like like I said, this should be the we should have you know some new elections for the reparations commission, and we should put all of y'all under the chair <laughs> and leave, keep keep the chair, maybe keep the vice here too because he's he's cool, and then just put put your put put y'all on. I mean y'all are so smart, y'all are so smart, and but okay, so how do you get more involved? So one. I would, I want to, and 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 this is some, this is why, I, this is probably why I reached out to you, Lorraine, to 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 touch base because I knew that you had um, a, amazing youth around you just like this. So one, I want to to actually do more of these, and actually hopefully do some of these in in person, and actually talk directly to youth over the over this summer, and and hopefully throughout the rest of the year and do some more online events and make it a regular thing where we come and talk about reparations. That's the first thing. So one part of, part of my job at my group is to do community outreach for reparations. So that, so part of my job is to make sure that I am talking to youth like y'all and then, and then making a connection between y'all and the reparations commission and the, the Rep, Rep, reparations commission has hearings that are public, they're, they're usually every other month or so, but they're on a break right now for the summer. So they're going to come back in September. So I would encourage you to show up to the hearings either in person or virtually too. You can watch them. We live stream them on YouTube. So you can watch them. You can call in. You can actually talk to the Reparations Commission members them, them themselves during the public comment. You can send the commission an email right now. You don't have to wait for any hearings. You can you can actually send them and send them, send them an email. You can actually call them and leave a voicemail. So you can make contact with them right now. But I will also encourage the Black Youth Leadership Project to actually bring youth and actually reach out to, to specific commission members and have like one-on-one conversations with, with them. Like bring the commission members to y'all and, and like have them come and talk to y'all just like y'all have the chair right now. 
like like bring the other commission members here make them come talk to y'all and public or private too right and so some of this stuff can be in the public setting some of this stuff can be in the in the private setting one last thing the commission as we said has to take the next year to put together the reparations plan so i would turn the question to y'all what do you want to see in the reparations plan what is important in your life that you want to see in the reparations plan and then make sure that the commission knows what those things are and puts those in the reparations plan the mm -hmm. next year is all about us it's all about what do we want in the reparations plan and so i don't think we can do this without you without your voice without your energy without your ideas i don't think we can do it and, and by you i'm talking to the young folks here and by the young folks you 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 and you and those who are going to watch too what are the reparations for you what's important to your life that's what we're going to spend the next year doing and that's what we need to hear from y'all so there's a bunch of ways for you to get involved either directly or indirectly or some combination of that and the the, the main thing is to make sure that you are a part what's important to you melissa what what would you like to see or like to read in the next report the development phase what's important to you to um, be i think it, i think it was something that was touched on making sure you know that this isn't just for one generation that it can be spread onto you know my kids and my kids kids because i think growing up black in this society is hard enough and then knowing your history is hard enough and then not not having the money or not having the reparations to show for what your ancestors went through and then having to grow up and live in this society is hard so i think that also not going back on their word not getting through with this and then saying oh you know like Didi was bringing up about uh, modern day slavery in the jail system and uh, i just think not going back on your word and making sure that it is going to be enough don't make promises you can't keep make sure that it's enough for this generation and the generations to come and the generations before us that deserve this. DJ, what's important to you? Yeah, kind of back to that generational, um, because if how time evolves and how money just goes along in the US, it's always some type of increase, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's changed. So I feel like it should be you should be paying us back a little bit more of that increase so you're not keeping us at the same level as we are. Mm, okay. Jalen, what's important to you? There's two things that are really important to me. One is the lineage factor because like I said earlier, I don't feel like somebody who has just got here should be awarded the same things that as people who ancestors have literally built this country that they're walking on. That and I feel like um, we need to have rehabilitation for the people who are in this modern day slavery for when they come out and how to integrate them back into regular life. Um, because you have people come out of the prison system and they're not given any rehabilitation, how to, how to join normal society. Again, some of these people have been in there for 20, 30 years and that's all they know. And they're, they're expected to go out there go find a job, which most of these jobs aren't even let, allowing them to to be a part of their job because of their uh, criminal history. And then you have uh, some people not even being able to make money, some people not being able to uh, rent houses, they, some, some of their family doesn't even live over here, they can't travel, they can't do this. Mm. So mm. you have all these different things and they're just expected to know how to do it when they don't even, some of them have been in there since they were kids. So they don't even know what outside life looks like. So that's what I think. Talk that should to be him, Jalen. Talk to him. Okay. Adia, what's important to you? Um, so I think a couple things are important to me. I think one thing um, is really planning out who the reparations would go to. Um, because even though you could talk about, obviously, um, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is just like planning out the lineage because I feel like that stuff can get tricky, at least to like my knowledge, because I want to make sure that people aren't missed out on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because documentation, especially, um, especially as you get into like more when slavery was ending or if you get more into like in the north and it was outlawed, but still happening or if you get into convict leasing or whatever it may be, um, mm -hmm. just making sure people are paid their due. 
Um, and like people just aren't getting lost in the sauce, I guess, so to say, for a lack of better phrasing. And um, also really documenting what slave, I mean, not slavery, but reparations look like um, in a sense of, because I think and really weighing how that would really benefit the black community, because if you think about like just giving people cash, right? But then you're going to spend it with like, you know, the same, these same big white corporations. And then, you know, we might just be at the same place we started. So just really figuring out the best method to mm-hmm. give reparations and how you're giving them to people and like tracking who you're giving them to. Gotcha. Jada. Um, ooh, I'm not going to hold y'all. They kind of tackled a lot of what I wanted to say. But I think if I was to think of something that was really important to me would definitely be the lineage, um, paying your debt to the exact people that you owe it to and not just, oh, they came along and you're just going to give some, somebody else's reparations to somebody whose ancestors didn't work as, it didn't work at all, basically, didn't work at all. Um, and I think another, like, in the, personally, my former reparation would be teaching the right history because something that Melissa said that really hit me was y'all can take the inheritance, the generational inheritance, but y'all don't want to talk about the generational history. And that's kind of crazy to me. So I would, I would love, I would love for you guys, you want to talk big on accountability, et cetera, et cetera. Part of take, uh, being accountable is teaching the right history and not glossing over or painting a white picture over it and making it seem like, oh, everything is peachy keen because you guys are too uncomfortable to talk about it. But you're not uncomfortable to take the money that comes with it. So I think if you're going to take accountability, let's start with that, teaching the right history and not being afraid of having those kinds of discussions in class. I just, I'm ready to raise y'all an offering because <laughs> I think that, you know, in, in listening to you all talk, I mean, the level of understanding of what we're talking about is amazing. Um, the fact that, you know, you're, you're thinking beyond just what you read to kind of decode some of the information and really put it back out there for people to kind of chew on. I think that that is huge. Um, I also think that um, when people talk about documentation, and I think documentation is going to be it, um, there seems to be this belief this belief that people are going to have a hard time proving that their ancestors were the ones who built this country. Um, and I can tell you, slavery was a business, and it's highly documented. Um, I've been able to trace back all the way to like 1836. And I would probably know more if I had more names of people who were in my family. But see, that's what happens when families are separated and we don't know who comes from where. If you know where your people at, you probably not the people owe reparations. I'm just saying, if you know everybody down your line and you can pinpoint where they came from, you're probably not the ones owed reparations. And we have to have that conversation. Um, Number two, I think that we have to be really, really careful when we start talking about the ways in which reparations can be handed out because I think it's an absolute myth that black people don't know how to handle money. That ain't all black people, right? And so we can't regurgitate talking points. We have to figure out how to best serve people. Like lump sum payments probably won't be a better, a, a really good thing, not in this economy, not with inflation um, and with things being so high. So it can't just be, in my opinion, I'm just, I'm talking, in my opinion, it can't just be about cash payments. I want my 40 acres in a mule. Sometimes some I don't want to live by certain people. I want to be able to go and, and do my own thing uh, free from prying eyes and, and under the white gaze. I'm sorry. I just don't want to do it. Um, so we have to talk about that 40 acres in a mule. They need to re-put that in there. Who 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 did through that out, Chris? Tell me again. I can't remember. General Sherman. Uh, General Sherman. Okay. Talking about, um, I'm talking yeah, about the president that somebody somebody put it into law and then the next president came. And basically, so it was it was it was it was it was General Sherman's field order number 15 mm-hmm. that that granted the freed slaves or the freedmen 40 acres and a mule. By the way, do you know how big 40 acres is? I don't know, but I know it's it, more than what I got oh, right now. And, and so let me let me give you a picture in your in your in your in your mind. OK. And let's in 2013 land. So, you know, not to, you know, 2013 land. You could build 900 homes on 40 acres. You could build like, 900 like homes. Not, like, how many probably, square probably foot? One stories. 
Okay. Okay. Homes, okay. But that's a lot of homes. How many square feet about the 900 homes? Just how, how big square footage wise? They 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 will probably be about a one family, you know, you know, you know, like, like mom, dad, you know, you know, like, child, how many right? Rooms? No. Right? Maybe you know, you know, two rooms, you know, right? You know, so like a you know, like an average family. But okay, so like the tiny homes. houses. So like the tiny houses. Nah, bigger bigger than a tiny house though. Bigger than a tiny house, but not okay. you know not not like a mansion, but like. Uh, no, I'm you not know, thinking um, mansion. Just probably like the house I have now, probably. Right, 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 okay. right. Now times nine hundred. Mm-hmm. of them on 40 acres and each one of our families was supposed to get 40 acres each one of our families so it was able it was so it was it was general sherman who issued issued that order on after the request of a bunch of black folks who have been advocating to him and and you know working for it and then abraham lincoln honored it and then he was murdered and then it was andrew jackson who came next, or Johnson or Jackson, who came next and said, nah, we're not doing none of that. And, and as a matter of fact, if you used to own people, we're going to give you some money for what you lost. Yep. We're going we're gonna to give y'all some money back. And if you used to own people, we're going to let you back in the government. Don't worry about nothing. Y'all didn't, everything is cool now. Just, just, don't, just, don't tear the, just don't tear the country up anymore. You know, that's that's what actually happened. White folks actually got reparations when they lost us. Crazy. <laughs> it's a cold game out here. It is a cold, cold game. But the more we have conversations and we get an understanding and we get a, to talk to other people and we do that with facts and not emotions, I think that we can really get somewhere because a lot of people are just uninformed or misinformed. And so how we go about sharing the information is going to be incumbent upon you, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm about to raise y'all an offering. I'm I'm serious, y'all y'all did that, um, and it's it's so good to have um, the chair here and to hear, have Mr. Lodge in here to hear y'all because man, y'all y'all did the work today to make sure you were prepared, and so I absolutely appreciate that um, because we can't have conversations where people don't know what the what the context is or what we're actually talking about so the fact that you guys came in here especially after this weekend that we had um and you're ready and y'all are awake <laughs> i salute y'all barely barely <laughs> hey great job I'm I'm my i was there for a little bit of the of the of the event i think it was saturday night was saturday pardon me friday, friday night, night. And it was an amazing, beautiful event down there. Old SAG. It was it was so dope, so dope. Y'all did y'all thing. And I wasn't able to get there on Saturday for the for the black graduation. Sunday, Sunday, oh, Sunday. Sunday, you see. Sunday. But I heard it was dope. I heard it was fire. So just giving y'all love and appreciate. Let me give you y'all flowers while y'all can smell them. Even though y'all still young, let me give y'all your flowers also. Let me, give you, let me give you another flower for the other side right there, too, because you already got flowers. Dope work. Keep it up. Keep up. Keep up the great work. Love what y'all do. And this is why we here. Thank you. And Jada wanted to make sure you knew that she had allergies, so she don't want no flowers. Um, she takes Cash App and uh, Cash App works. Food and food. <laughs> well, look, y'all. We are running out of time for today. We want to thank uh, the chair, and we absolutely hope that you feel better soon. COVID is no joke, um, and we thank want you to you. take care of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Lodshin, it's always a pleasure hosting wow. you and having the conversation. Um, to my young people, thank y'all for being prepared. We love it. We love to see it. We love to see it. It says the land close to beaches is now worth billions in the Carolinas. I'm sure it is. And they went and took that, so they need to pay restitution. Um, oh, but can I say one thing? Absolutely. I think Chris should um, follow up with you guys on the back channel. But as he said, over the summer, we're hosting community listening sessions and you know CJEC is one of those um, anchor orgs but then there's also if you look at the UCLA Bunch Center's website that's the entity that's helping us to facilitate these listening sessions there's a link on their website for a testimonial portal um, because the Bunch Center is also working on creating a report this summer collecting the testimonies of different groups um, and individuals about what reparations looks like to them. And I think eligibility is also something that will be in their report. And so, you know, what you all have to say is super brilliant and super generative. So I would recommend 
you know, that Chris link up with you guys in the back channel to see if you all are interested in, in putting into that testimonial portal via the Bunch Center's website, your own, you know, personal testimonies about why reparations is important to you, uh, who should be eligible and all of that. And you never know that could be incorporated into this report that the Bunch Center has to compile and, and give to the task force to help and inform our work. Awesome. Yeah. Please follow up with us about that so we can get the young people on it because you see they have a lot to say. Um, but we want to thank you both for joining us today. We have run out of time, but we absolutely appreciate your uh, your knowledge on this subject and making sure that we were um, informed. And so we want to make sure that we follow the conversation. Um, but number two, uh, for the young people who are here, we are taking a break uh, for the month of July. Uh, we hope to come back in August with more fire content, um, but we need a break. <laughs> We've been running nonstop since April um, and uh, it's just time to sit down somewhere. So um, if there are young people who want to join in the conversation uh, coming soon, we are going to be launching what is known as BYLP News. We will be looking for news anchors, news from our perspective, our way um, that is going to be led by our podcast team first, but we are going to be adding people to um, co-host to the, the um, queue. So be on the lookout for that. That is going to roll out probably in August or September. Um, but we absolutely believe in amplifying youth voice, but we also believe in our youth being prepared to have the conversation. So with that, you know, we're about that uh, black excellence and that life. If you want to, you want some, come and get some, because we ain't never scared. Uh, and with that, we're going to hit you with the wave. We will check you out sometime in August. Um, be on the lookout for that. But we absolutely appreciate your presence here, both Chris and Dr. Moore. Um, and we hope that you will join us again. So one, two, three, hit them with the wave. We will see y'all soon. Bye. <laughs>